You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here.
on this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast, we're going to Sparta, Kentucky. I tracked down Doug, Bub Blackwell, and I sat down in their home and with Jane and Austin and Bub, and we talked a, just a good conversation about hunting, coon dogs, um, you know, what, what they do to keep, keep their family together. If you follow them on social media, if you know that family at all, they are the hardest hunting family that I've ever seen. Bub can't recall the last night that he has missed. You know, I tried to nail him down on it. He wouldn't tell me, but it's been a while. And Jane and Austin are no slackers either. They make this fat boy feel real guilty. I've known Bub for a long time. I've drawn him in competition hunts around the area here. And uh, it was a pleasure to be able to sit down and meet his wife, Jane and Austin. I think you're really going to like it. Hang in there. Guys, I got something I need to ask you for, though. I need you to uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for this podcast. So you do a couple things. One is you, you rate the show by number of stars, one through five. And then it gives you an opportunity to write a line or two if you enjoy this show leave us a review over on apple podcasts and um we like reading them we're going to start reading some of these reviews on the show as well we've got a coon hunters box on the back of the truck and it's made by old south dog box and uh we're gonna let the blackwells show you how to hunt a dog so let's get the tailgate down and it's time to dump the box we're down here in Sparta, Kentucky for this one because I'm meeting with some uh, some people that have got this whole breeding program for French Bulldogs figured out. <laughs> I'm with Bub Blackwell and his family, and I had to throw out the, the French Bulldog deal because when you guys started posting that, I was just like, you guys made have made a character. Out of that. What's that dog's name? Brutus. Brutus. You guys have made a character out of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Bub, I had to I had to call you, and you guys aren't going to sit here and be shy on me and stuff. I won't be able to use it if you guys are going to be shy and don't talk. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. It's okay to cut up and have a good time. That's why I want to talk to you because you guys just – you guys make hunting fun. You guys do it together as a family. Been doing it a long time, and I don't know anybody that hunts as hard as you and you and your family, Bub. How many nights a week you guys hunt? I hunt every night of the week. Every night of the week? Every night of the week. Austin, how many nights a week you hunt? Three or four. Jane, how many nights? Almost every night with him. Yeah. Do you do you go out early and then he goes out later or what's Yeah, the he usually drops me off around twelve or one. And then you get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you do it again the next evening. Yep. You people wear me out. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, you know, we talk, we talk a lot about coon hunting and, and hounds and what makes hounds great. And I want to talk to you eventually in this podcast about, Bub, you've had your hands, y'all have all had your hands on some really nice hounds that have come right from, from what y'all have done. And um, I think we're going to talk about how we, uh, how you find those hounds, how you get them right, how you keep them right, and then... We'll also talk about all the nice hounds you sent out of here that people have blown up and they can't 
and and just didn't go where they needed to go and and maybe maybe solve some problems there and figure that part out too but mm-hmm. uh bub give me some background on yourself i know you came from a a coon hunting family yeah my dad he coon hunts my papa coon hunted he started out him and his brothers and dad they possum hunted growing up in eastern kentucky they didn't have lights bright enough to be able to find a coon if they did tree one yeah but they hunted for food do you think do you think did they hunt possums because they didn't have the equipment or was it because the coon coon population was scarce down that way the coon population it's scarce it's still that way yeah there's still very few down there he's from a little small town called everett's kentucky in harlan county and then we move how how, wait, wait, how how old is your grandpa uh, he died. He he was born in 1942. He was born in 42? Yeah. Yeah, he died in 99. So probably, yeah, sorry to hear that. Didn't didn't know that. But uh, um, probably about the time he was hunting was right in that big decline area, uh, you know, 1950s when everything was actually starting to pick back up. But I've, I, I know from talking to a lot of from that time there just weren't any coons down in that country at all no i still go down that way a good bit down around london manchester stuff like that and hunt with some friends and there's still not no coons down there to amount to nothing and just like my papa when until i was i guess 15 we moved up here because of the better hunting and then um we every weekend we would drive up here to hunt you know, if you'd have moved like 10 miles more north, you'd got into real good hunting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, th- I threatened to move to flat country all the time. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that we run hunts all the time like we do, you'll go somewhere, spend a week there hunting. You hunt flat, big flat woods, plenty of coons, everything. You come then, home all fat and lazy, don't you? Yeah. And then you come back <laughs> home here to these hills and you think, man, what, <laughs> what are we doing wrong? <laughs> but. Yeah. You know, you know where I live, and yeah. and uh, you know it's not flat there. You know, you can get into flat country pretty quick from the house, but but uh, there's a different way to hunt these hills. Like all my stuff in Kentucky, when I hunted over here and stuff, I'd come across the dam there and, and uh, try to hunt over here, and I just never could figure out those good spots to go. And then I'd come over here to hunt and draw one of you out, and we'd go hunt some great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing is just, I guess, hunting hunting it enough to have it figured out where the coons are, how to hunt it better. And most people, they'll turn out a ridge and dogs get down in a holler. Well, they might get a couple hollers over and they walk up, down, up, down. The ridge, down a ridge, out a ridge, down a holler, and just over again. Instead of just getting in the holler, following it down mm-hmm. to the next holler that cuts back up and it keeps you from, you might walk a longer distance, but instead of going up and down, you're just walking a flat creek. Yeah. And then the only time typically you got to walk uphill is when you get to the dogs, you might have to walk up a little bit or coming back to the truck, you got to walk back up out of the holler. Have you ever noticed, it seems like if you... If you strike a coon in the bottom, they're going to go to the top. If you strike it at the top, they're going to go to the bottom. Almost every time. And then, and then you always want to get back to the top. I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's just some. They never cooperate. No. It's like that one last drop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Jane, what's your? I'm sorry, Doug. Let's or Bub. Let's get back to you. I keep calling you Doug because you go by Doug Bub Blackwell. Your dad yeah. goes by Doug. You go by Bub. I've already heard you call Austin Bubba. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is confusing. <laughs> well, if I call him Austin, he's usually in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll yeah. call him Bubba. <laughs> that way if I say Austin, he knows he, he gets it in gear then. <laughs> he gets it in gear. Well, okay, so we got your grandpa, Eastern Kentucky, then you came up this way, and then where to go from there? We come up here every weekend to hunt, and my dad would always say if we ever got a chance to move up here, we would move. On my 15th birthday, we was moving. That's, and once we moved up here from down there, it everything just started picking up. We, we was always hard hunters anyways and would hunt through the week down there and come up here and hunt. And the next thing you know, we got into competition hunting and stuff up here. And just the, down there, there's not many competition hunts. Right. But you get up here a little more central of it with everything going on and stuff. And, and, and from that point on, people just went to wanting to send us dogs to, to hunt for them and yep, young dogs, older dogs, tuning up for them, just everything like that. Yeah. 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 I, I drew your dad one night and I cast out a, his Labor Day classic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me an education that night and it was a good one. It was a good education. When I say education, I don't mean he was cheating me. It was a good one. And first drop, man, we, we cut loose. And uh, my dog goes in there. I was hunting a little plot female named Rachel at the time. And uh, she barked. And then she barked again. She On the third bark, I didn't call her as quick as I should have. And he said, whose dog is that? I said, that's my dog. And he goes, Strike Rachel for 100 minus Rachel for 100. <laughs> I mean, that quick. And I'm just like, we didn't hardly give me, let me have time. And I hadn't heard everything else on the ground. Yeah. I asked him after the hunt. I said, how come you did that? And he said, if you're hunting that dog like you should be, you ought to be ready to strike that dog when she cracks her jaw on that third bark. And if you don't, you got to take what's coming to you. Yeah. And right then, I mean, that was a good lesson for mm-hmm. me. And I've, I've used that in judging since. You know, it's not like third bark, whose dog is that? She's minus type thing. I mean, he gave me he gave me a few seconds there yeah. that I should have been calling my dog and, and putting her on the card. So go ahead. What 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 all is what all is uh, when you were a kid growing up at fifteen, I mean, is this is this something you started doing when you were I mean, did you hit the ground running when you got up here? You felt like you were in Coon Hunter's Paradise and you guys just took oh, off? Definitely felt like we was in paradise up here. Yeah. Um, but even down there, we hunted every night still. And rough hunting, you'd hunt all week, might not tree a coon down there. Dog, just have dogs scattered all over. And, of course, that was before everybody had a tracking system. And I was probably, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 years old. We got a tracking system, one of the old big blue boxes. Mm-hmm. Was it a Johnson Elementary? Right. Got one of them. That was big stuff. <laughs> that was, yeah. And we used to, you know, leave a jacket laying there where we turn the dogs loose, come back next day, and they'd be on a jacket or something. Done or that. my papa put us in the bed of the truck and drive down the road real slow and tell us to watch for the dog to come out behind the truck. <laughs> <laughs> we done that plenty of times. So it was you and and uh, you guys were even doing it as a family back in Eastern oh, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my my brother and sister, they always coon hunt it too. Uh-huh. My mom, she coon hunt it with my dad. Um, yeah, we were, everybody in my family always coon hunt it. My sister, she went on to marry a coon hunter. 
and he hunts blue ticks, but <laughs> you can't hold that against him. You can't hold yeah. that against him, Bob. Yeah. Um, I think you've been beat by a blue tick. I have been. Yeah. But Jazz? Yeah. I thought that was their name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got lucky that night. Um, but yeah, everybody. I think you found the coon that night that, that beat you. Probably. I think you did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. She went way up the top of that holler, head of that holler. Was in a great big huge tree, and uh-huh. uh, I was still handling her, and you and you'd already found the coon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then my brother he couldn't hunt it till he was probably probably sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. He couldn't hunt it a lot, then he got smart and quit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a uh, he's a police officer now here in the county. He's a sheriff's deputy, but in, he's got a, he's a canine unit now, so at least he's still involved in dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back to that, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to get I want to get Jane's story, and then we're going to bring all of it together here. You come from a coon hunting family. Yes, my great grandfather and my grandfather both coon hunted. Your what? Who did now? Say that again. My great great grandfather. Okay. I mean, the whole line of the family's always hunted on my dad's side. Yeah. We've yeah. got some old pictures of them with their coon hounds and. Are you from which which part of Kentucky you from? Did you grow up? Born and raised here. Up in northern Kentucky here? Here in Owen County. So you're, yeah, see, I did that too. She's like, what, five generations of you all? Mm-hmm. Always, they've yeah. always been here, same same farm. My, I married a girl in southeast Indiana, and I've been there ever since, bub. Can't get out of there. Yep. <laughs> She's like four or five generations. Same thing. Yeah, she, he got lucky. They think the world. <laughs> <laughs> I think y'all think the world ends at the county line sometimes. I don't know what it is. I really did. <laughs> she did. She hadn't been nowhere when we got together. Yeah. I'd been lucky and been able to travel all over hunting and stuff and running hunts with my dad and everything. And we got together and she pretty much hadn't been out of Owen County. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't even go. We pretty much got to go Florence to get something to eat or whatever, something good to eat. She couldn't even much get up there because of the highway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's oh, man. Well, Jane, let's talk about your background because you've got quite an accomplished past in coon hunting. You just recently won the AKC Women's World Hunt, World Champion. Championship. Yes, in 2018. Yep. That was 2018? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, what other stuff? I mean, what got you into to competing competition coon hunting side of it? Bub did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you cuss him and for I, it? Or? And the dog he had at the time, I loved him. Yeah. He was easy to call. Of course, hunting with him every night, so I knew him good. So we thought, why not? Let's go give it a chance. And we had the highest scoring dog both nights. He was a good one. And you bring home the world championship. Yes. Is this a good time to bring up the fact that Austin's a world champion, you're a world champion, yes. but Bub isn't? That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that pretty much tells the story. It does. <laughs> <laughs> they always think it's a good time to bring that up. <laughs> oh, man. So, so when you were, what's your earliest memory of, of coon hunting, Jane? Do you, do you have anything that sticks out to you? Just the limbs smacking me in the face ever since I've been little. We never had lights or anything, so you just followed behind, like, my dad or my grandpa or 
it, it was rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was fun. I always liked it. Gave you something to do. And My daughter's always told me that, I mean, I can remember one night, my dogs, we were hunting with another guy, and uh, he had his little girl with him. <clears throat> And dog treed up over the ridge. It was kind of foggy that night. It was a little bit foggy. And I was up in there. I was shining a tree. And I see a light coming up over the hill. And I'm thinking, well, Gary's bringing those girls up. Mm -hmm. Gary didn't bring the girls up. Cora came up by herself. She's (laughs) like, dogs retreat. I'm going. And, I mean, she was small. She was probably, you know, seven years, eight years old when, Mm -hmm. you know, for a little kid like that to – to walk 300 yards through the woods mm-hmm. at night by herself. I mean, she had some, she had some sand to her. Were mm-hmm. you that kind of coon hunting girl? Yeah. Yeah. I would go, and sometimes my brother would go, my dad, and we'd have people come up from Eastern Kentucky to hunt with us and stuff, just because their hunting wasn't very good either. So, we lived on a big farm, and there used to be some people, some some folks up here that had a camp. That they came up from Eastern Kentucky and they they come up and coon hunt at the beginning of your all season, was that? Do you know who that was, or is that down Carroll County? Or there's a several people that still come around here and do, that camps like that and hunts and uh, around Owen County, Henry County, both. Mm-hmm. They'll camp like that and spend a weekend or maybe three or four nights around here, and and just hunt. Seems like it was up Eagle Creek when you come up Eagle Creek. There, it's up on the right hand side on the side of the hill. They had some kennels set up, and huh. and uh, somebody told me that <clears throat> somebody told me that some p- folks from Eastern Kentucky would come up here at the beginning of your coon season and camp for a few days. Yeah, you know, to 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 enjoy some of this easy hunting up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the easy hunting that make most people faint. Yeah, pass out and yeah have a stroke. Yeah, that's <clears throat> so. So as far as uh, as far as hunting goes, Jane, um, and maybe maybe we'll talk about this part of it real quick. Let's let's get Austin's story first. Austin's been dying to talk over here. <laughs> He's got Austin. You're ready to go, aren't you, buddy? Oh yeah. All right. Always. Do you do you really like hunting, or you just go because they make you go? I always go. I go without them all the time. Do you? Yeah. You jump in the ranger and yep. head down the road? Up the road all the time hunting. Yeah. Deer hunt by myself, coon hunt by myself, everything. So are there nights when mom and dad might be hunting one dog, and you're hunting another dog here yeah. by yourself? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. What motivates you to do that? Just, what do you think? Just get out of the house, get out there, and just put some work in on them. <clears throat> Yeah. Gotta win another world hunt before he wins one. <laughs> oh man, he's talking smack <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. That's a good one. Have you got buddies that go with you or you go by yourself? I go by myself. Do you have buddies your age that coon hunt? Not really. I one used to, but he don't he don't hunt no more, so let's go by myself. How old are you now, Austin? Fourteen. Fourteen years old. And you hunt by yourself Yep. A few nights a week. Yeah. Yep. And he's hunting by himself like that. For a while now, it's, they ain't got much worry about him. Right, and send him on. And I mean, I, it feels like I've watched you grow up on Facebook. You know, I remember when you're just a little bit thing, didn't have all that hair. <laughs> you know, a lot shorter, a little wormy looking fella. He was wormy, yeah, yeah, for sure. Wouldn't grow nothing, just and then yeah. all of a sudden he takes off growing and his hair grows and he all won't cut it. it. <laughs> 
Yep. I had a mullet when I was like three. <laughs> yeah, you had to bring it back. You had, had to bring, to bring the mullet back. back. <laughs> so, so you do it just to get out of the house, but obviously there's got to be something more to it than that. He likes to win. He likes to win and he likes money. <laughs> he likes, he's like his mama. Yes. He likes money. Yes. <laughs> I like bragging rights and I like money. Yeah. He likes giving me a hard time. That's what he likes. Uh, I can I can understand that. I can understand that. Is it just a deal, Austin, where you know that if you don't go out and put in the time? I know I can't beat him then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't like to lose. Yeah. That's what it comes down to usually. What hunt, What world championship did you win, Austin? ACHA, Little World. And then I got second in the youth uh, PKC world. Mm-hmm. And then I got what top sixteen in the the nationals this year, the first one. And then I won the PKC or the UKC state hunt. Kentucky, Kentucky state, state, hunt. state, yep, Kentucky state hunt. Yeah, if you look around this room, you know there's trophies, there's there's pictures on the wall. You, know, you can scroll through any of the the Facebook posts and see what you guys have accomplished and things like that. So, um. There was something I was going to come back to. What were we talking about a minute ago? I know what it was. We talked to, we were talking to uh, you, Jane, and you, Bub, about about dogs. And so you said something, Jane. You said the dog that you won the world hunt with, you liked him. Mm-hmm. It's combo. Mm-hmm. I remember combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You liked him. I I remember seeing pictures of that dog in the house oh yeah he was always in the house and stuff like that what is what is it what is the th- difference you think uh most men don't really have to, we can tolerate a lot of stuff out of dogs without liking them and still take them and hunt them if they can win but i've seen it in my daughter i've seen it in my wife if they like a dog mm-hmm. if they like the dog is that just a different energy you think between men and women I don't. I feel like they're like people. Either you like their personality or you don't. And I like them. How much? Okay, so let me ask you this: How much? How much uh, emphasis or importance is it for you to like a dog before you put a lot of time into them hunting? Oh, it's everything it's to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, is has he been like the your favorite dog that you all have ever had that you liked or? Well, it's Combo, Crash, Pal, and Mike. Yeah. Tell, tell me what it was about com, <laughs> Combo that you liked. His style. He, I mean, he could tree a coon from within like 10 feet of one another. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was on it. He would either have some, he could have, be with all the other dogs right out of the truck, and then you turn him loose and he may be by himself, but he was getting a little bit of everything. Well, all coon hunters like that. What what else was there about him you liked? You what, know, I mean, as far as being me. in the yeah. house, the house and stuff. dog, yeah. everything. And in the house, our little Chihuahua, she's three pounds, and she would run him out of his food. <laughs> but she's leaving out the part. Combo wasn't no angel. <laughs> no, and on the tree, he was a different dog. Out I mean, hunting, yeah. Out hunting, he was. He what you could hunt pups with him, and he was fine. But the minute something tra- if something tried to move him, he wouldn't. You wasn't moving him. Right. But when we come home, come home and you'd have to, or Chihuahua, she's like she said, she's three pounds. We would have to put her in the bathroom just so he could eat his food, 
because she would run him away from his food. She wouldn't eat it, but she wouldn't let him eat it. She would yeah. take his bed from him. She would take his food from him, <laughs> everything. And she, she, oh, yeah. and I'm, I've always been against house dogs. I don't like yeah. dogs belong outside. Well, now we got two dogs in the house. We got Chihuahua in the house and Brutus. And got Brutus. He's in the house. And, um, but I, I was running for a truck ticket in December. And of course, toward the end of the month, it was, the weather was getting bad and he was starting to get pretty run out, wrung out looking and just looking, looking rough. Mm-hmm. from running constantly and being on the road every night. I come home one day, and she had put him in. Or, well, I'd brought him inside and had him in the laundry room back here in a crate. Mm-hmm. That keep him from shivering his weight, his energy and weight sure. off and everything, yep. and trying to keep him hold, held up for another couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, I come home one day from work, and he was laying on the couch. And I remember, <laughs> what in the world? What's he doing out? <laughs> yeah. And she said, well, he's back here whining. We took him out to use the bathroom, whatever, and come back in. And he didn't want to go in his cage. I said, well, why didn't you make him go in his cage, you know? Right. And she said, I just turned him loose, and he come in here and got on the couch, and he ain't moved in like three hours. <laughs> I said, what? From that point on, he was a house dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never once did he have an accident, nothing. He stayed in the truck. We went to hunts. He rode in the cab. Whether we went to a hunt, he was in the cab, got a room. He went in a room with us. And when we come home, we come in the house with us. Yeah. That was. But you didn't want to leave a bag of Doritos out. Yeah. Or no bread. Bread it. and Doritos was bread his Doritos. was his weakness. <laughs> well, yeah. So I got in the top 16 of the pro hunt. And then, and of course, go back Saturday night to hunt the next round of it. Wake up the next day. I got beat early Friday night and got a late entry. And then when we got the late entry, I win late. Get home after daylight, come in, go to bed. Next day, get up, you know, dragging around from being out all night, night before, anyways. And then go get, start getting my stuff together. And I look at Combo, and he's just all bloated. And he looks like he's 15 pounds heavier than he was. Huh. Well, she had a bag of, was it friendship bread or mm-hmm. Amish bread, something yeah. like that. Oh, man, that stuff's good. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Combo thought so. Blame. He thought so too. He ate the whole bag, and then he got the bag of Doritos, and he would eat them, <laughs> eat them Doritos, and would turn the bag inside out and would lick the bag. And you, you can see the counter here; it's probably three and a half feet high. Yeah. He would he would stand up on the side of it and grab the Doritos if you left them there or something. But anything else, he wouldn't bother. You could mm-hmm. leave a plate of food, what just anything else, you could leave it for whatever reason them Doritos and then he'd lay on the bags to hide them yeah <laughs> needless to say we didn't went we didn't went get in we didn't make it no further than the top 16 he was done I don't blame him for for eating that friendship bread that stuff's good it but is good you leave the loaf of that out with me around I might eat it all <laughs> too and be bloated oh man I, I think that's what I want to talk about you know my family my wife and my kids have have added so much to my hunting experience over the years you know because my wife is just like you she sees the the funny things and the things that remind her of i mean she's she treats them like kids sometimes and and she sees things that i don't see about Mm -hmm. it you know and i just think it's i think it's cool but then you can go out and hunt as hard as you do and win a world championship 
See, I never accomplished that, bub. I never got that part pulled off. <laughs> Usually, it's like, man, you're going, you're going, you're going hunting again tonight. You know? Yeah. I've never had that. We've we've never had no kind of problems over that. We've fought and argued like any couple has, but never, not one time, has it been brought up about going hunting again tonight yeah she's usually happy to see me leave yeah well yes. if they don't want you to leave they're being too nice <laughs> she's full of it <laughs> i knew it was a good move bringing her on yeah i knew it was bub. hey bub said his grandpa was a possum hunter because they didn't have a good enough light to find a coon at the top of the tree well, if you check out Cajun Lights, you won't have that problem. You can be bona fide. You can be a coon hunter. Everything from their their small light, their bayou, all the way up to the Rogaroo. Cajun Lights has a light that's going to meet your needs. Whether you're a pleasure hunter, you're a bear hunter that just needs a small light to look for tracks, or you're going all out and you are a high-dollar competition coon hunter, Cajun can hook you up. Check them out. At CajunLights.com and tell LW that you heard about him on the Houndsman XP podcast. Yeah, my wife is getting to the point. It's like, I think you need to go hunting again. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you need to go hunting. I'm tired of seeing. It's got to seeing. turn up the attitude a little more and she'll be rushing you out the door. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so how, how, I mean, you talk about you know problems that married couples have just like everybody else and but why do you think the hunting's never been an issue and then to bring austin along being a hunting beast like he is obviously i'm just the beast of everything yeah <laughs> he's full of it and everything but he is it's right. not just his hair that's big his head is <laughs> yeah. yeah well those those headphones wouldn't hardly fit on it i know, I know they're still he's got them off. all stretched out <laughs> great <laughs> i'm gonna have to replace those this <laughs> He'll pay for it. <laughs> uh, but what do you think? What do you think? Wh- why do you think that is? Why do you think that's not been a problem? You guys have been able to hunt together like you do. Just, have you ever thought about it? Not really. I don't guess. It's because we all like to. dogs and we all to. like to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Start, At least we got that in common. Probably <laughs> ought to move on. If we start dissecting this thing, I might ruin the whole part yeah. of the family. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Get off this subject. And pretty much all day long, we're all going different directions on everything, just just like everybody is, I guess. And everybody's got something going on. But always, we've been together seventeen years, and ever since we've been together, it goes without saying that dark we're leaving. Yeah. (laughs) And and, you know, coons. uh, Just you know yourself, uh, coons might be moving late, and sometimes they're moving earlier, but. Still, the dark we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes she'll hunt for a while. I'll get a new dog. Well, I shouldn't say she'll. They'll both hunt with me for a while with a new dog and have bad hunt after bad hunt. And you're scratching your head trying to get this dog figured out. Or maybe it's a young dog just coming on good and he's in a slump. Mm -hmm. And they're getting out early with me. It's midnight. Well, what we call early, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And coons ain't, ain't, ain't cooperating and pup kind of ain't got his head on straight yet they'll go night after night after night with me with a young dog looking bad and i'm the only one seeing you know he's, he does one good job throughout the whole night mm-hmm. and i'm the only one that's seen it 
but they whenever I tell them about it the next day, I to me it seems like it kind of motivates them to go more wanting to go, wanting to go, wanting to go for them to be able to see it mm-hmm. too. And the next thing you know, you look around. He's getting pretty consistent at looking good earlier in the night or whatever he's whatever it is it might be triggering it. And then once we get him doing good, Austin seems like he wants to kind of take over from mm-hmm. there, and <laughs> he wants to take him by himself and this, that, or the other. Plus, he likes he likes killing coons. He's I I've always I've always said I don't work for free and I don't expect the dog to. Right. That that's their pay a lot of times. So I get a young dog and they start needing coons. I'll put Austin behind them mm-hmm. that way, and I can work on something. I can kind of get out there. More of a headache, I guess, and instead of trying to burn him out on it with a headache every night. Yeah. And the right. dogs need a change, too, sometimes, where he's disciplining them all the time. Yep. Sometimes they need to see me in Austin for a little while. Yeah. That's, an inter- that's an interesting fact. That, that's what I was going to talk to you about, too. You know, it's hard to you hunt here. We always hear about these dogs that you overhunt them or you burn them out or they hit a wall or, or whatever we want to call it. That's an interesting thing. So how how do you take care of that? Because have you seen that? Oh, I've seen it more. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen it. You know, you go getting on a dog time after time. You get them rattled up, get their wires crossed. Mm-hmm. And then then she comes along. Every time, everything this dog's done for how, who knows how long has been wrong. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, she'll, you look over and she's petting the dog. I might gripe at her or something. Hey, don't be messing with him. He ain't done nothing right. Don't pet him till he does something right. It's, and I've kind of always been that way. Well, next, she's over petting on the dog. It's standing up on her. I ain't let no dog stand up on me. Well, next thing, she's out there sitting Indian style in the yard, petting on it, mm-hmm. or at a tree. She's petting on it and carrying on with it. And next thing you know, the dog's got it worked out. It seems like it, just a good balance there. And then kind of then once I start realizing that, I it's like hey I need to back off a little bit I'm I'm in this dog's head too much, and then and give it a little bit of slack. And my dad's always said something, and I for years of course it didn't make sense to me, but as I've gotten older and seen it more and more and seen it more with her and Austin working on young dogs petting on them and stuff, less is more a lot of times. What do you mean by that? Just overtraining, overtraining um. Me, if I've got a dog and I'm liking that dog, or if I've got a dog and I'm not liking that dog, it's got a rough way to go. Mm-hmm. Because I'll. How many stuck. How many times do you think you've overhunted a dog? You pushed oh, it. You pushed it too far. Yeah, I've ruined plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it, it just seems like every time you hear, you know, somebody Facebook's such a wonderful place. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody come on a, on there and ask a question about a dog, and you see these guys come on and say. Hunt them through it, you know. Just yeah. keep on grinding; they'll come out of it. And, yeah. and and before you know it, you know somebody's saying, "Well, by God, if a dog, if I can't hunt a dog, a hundred and twenty nights straight, and he can't do his job, I wouldn't hunt him." Type yeah. stuff. You know, is that real? I don't feel like it is. Um, and you know, my thing is a lot of people. They like you said just you said a hundred and twenty nights straight. You take somebody that hunts a hundred and twenty nights straight. If they there's different types of hunting 120 nights straight if you get one of these hollers around here and you recut that dog to five six o'clock in the morning and you come out miles away are you is that what you're talking about 120 nights straight or are you talking about going down here 
making a drop, tree a coon, do whatever, load him up, pull down the road, make another drop, you're home by 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. My opinion, a lot of dogs can handle that type of hunting without getting in their head, messing them up. And don't, they don't, and to me, this is just my own opinion on it. And those dogs don't seem to ever get any better. Mm-hmm. They're good at treeing that hot coon. But when it comes to getting in there, finding a coon, and I've always said anything can tree a coon out of the truck. And I feel like that. We've had feist. We've got feist, cur dogs, everything. We've always kept a mud around mm-hmm. that can tree tree anything. But and like I always said, the hell, you go down there and get whatever that dog's name is at the time, he can tree that coon. That coon don't mean nothing. Go, yeah. I want one that can tree the second one on the recut or the third one. Getting these hollers recutting, and when you're miles from a truck or a road or anything, and it's three or four o'clock in the morning, and then, but that back to what you said though about hunting 120 nights straight. You go to hunting a dog like that, and people saying they want a dog hunted 30 nights straight. I've not seen none that can hold up 30 nights straight hunting, getting in these hollers and hunting, drop out, just constantly recutting. Uh, yeah, what's the fun? How many nights straight have you hunted right now? Oh, I, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> when you can't remember the last night you met, you missed no, a night. Uh-uh. No, I could, I wouldn't. Well, so even if we get in late, two or three o'clock in the morning, he'll still go hunting. Yeah, if we go do something <laughs> different or something or whatever we might do, I still go hunting. Well, you think it's been a year? It probably, uh, Has it been? May, long? It may not have been a year this time. I know in a year's time, typically I'll hunt. We she loves the beach. We we'll usually go to the beach for a week. But I don't know that, well. The, the one year we took Combo with us to the beach. I remember that year. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We usually pick yeah. up a dog on our way home or usually. on our way there, too. Yeah, by the mm-hmm. time, time we get done at the beach, I'm almost, pretty much always we've, we're picking something up on the way home. <laughs> what do you pick, think? But where do you think you're at? You think you're 200 nights straight right now? I, probably, I, don't, I wouldn't have the slightest idea, honestly. I that's just amazing to me, yeah. Bub. I mean, that's just blows my mind. I, <laughs> and that's why I wanted to talk to you because, uh, as hard as you hunt, and like you said, we already heard, it's not one dropping home. It's when it gets dark, get out of my way. I'm leaving, and I'll <laughs> see you in the morning. Type stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, I rarely come in. I don't know. It, when, of course, when, around deer season and stuff, I'll try to be out of the woods around 4 o'clock in the morning and headed home. But like this time of year, there ain't nobody else in the woods. You ain't going to be bothering nobody else. If right. They're going to be coming in at the edge of daylight or anything like that. A lot of times I'll come in 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or they're, well, was it like, I guess it was last week when they was headed to work. I passed them at the end of the mm-hmm. road. It's like every they, day. And then, yeah, I got a little female right now. She's had me pretty excited. So, and then plus I got my Mike dog <clears throat> hunting both of them. I've been hunting both of them all night, and I'll start to see one thinking about it. Well, maybe they need a little break or something, especially on the real hot nights. So I'll hunt the other one a little harder the next night, and this one a little less. And plus, I always keep young dogs too. It's not started or halfway started or something. And so when you leave here in the at night, when you leave here in the evening, how many dogs do you take with you? One or two, usually. Yep, just depends. Like if they go with me, I might take two dogs. Mm-hmm. But if they don't go with me, I might just take one dog a lot of times. Because in, 
it's harder to set want set them up in different scenarios and mm -hmm. situations and stuff by yourself. I'm not big on shocking a dog, so if I set one up on doing something, I'd rather be able to do it hands on. Mm -hmm. That's so if I can set a dog up and one of them be at the truck and me be in there waiting on that dog or something, they can turn it turn it loose and me be there instead of me being out there trying to train with a collar. You're talking about when you're hunting two dogs together. Yeah, hunting two okay, dogs, you get yes. one gets treed, you're in there, yeah. set them up and, and correct the behavior yeah. you don't want. Yeah. But when you leave here with one dog, you know, you talked about walking down these hollers and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's your job for the night is you and that one dog. That one dog, yeah. That's, in my opinion, you know, you get that dog just like you. You do the same job every day. Mm -hmm. You get in your groove, and when you find your groove, you've got it down. If the least little thing is out of whack, you know it because you it's what you're doing every day. It's not what this guy's doing. Before. You don't come in and follow him. or no, it's, That's what you're doing. Right. So if anything's out of whack, you know right away that something's not right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that with the dog, too, just the same way. You get that dog, you go down to the kennel, get him out of the kennel, and he's acting different when you go down there. You see it right away. Or when you cut him loose and you turn it, and the minute you turn him loose, you look down at your Garmin, he's not that he's not the distance he should be or what you feel like he should be. Or if he's in there and he bogs down in a spot and you know that spot's not, there's nothing, typically there, there's no reason for him to be bogging down like that. Mm -hmm. And when to me once you start getting that them little things figured out you know there's not no thicket over there there's no cut over over there in that spot so why is he locating that much more is it a layup or is he struggling over there is he fooling is he fooling with a possum and he knows not the tree on not the tree there and he's not wanting to roll it over mm -hmm. just little stuff like that and when to me when you get when you get out there in the middle of the night by yourself just you and that dog Nothing else that nothing else is on your mind. Nothing else is, has got your attention. You're getting these hollers around here. You ain't got cell phone service. Your phone's in your pocket. You ain't thinking about it. Nothing. All you're thinking about is that dog. Mm -hmm. To me, and to me, that's what what we call getting on the same page. Yeah. And when you start start getting on the same page with them dogs, and you're seeing that dog looks good in this situation, and so you you try to put him in that situation time after time again. Until he's got that down pat now, let's move to the next thing. Yeah. And then you go, maybe you go to a, a spot that you hate hunting. It's a cutover. But, hey, you got to hunt them in it. Yeah. So you go there, and next thing you know, you're hunting every cutover you can think of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or they're struggling on water. So you go down here to Eagle Creek and hunt, hunt Eagle Creek every night and work them through that. And, when do you when do you uh, when do you choose to what do you have to see a young dog doing? You said you you need to hunt a cutover because they need to hunt in it. What sort of things do you see that make you say tonight I want to hunt a cutover? Really, nothing. What makes you want to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, I'll I'll gripe and carry on forever about about having to or whatever. But I know at the same time, just like the Mike dog, we got down at the youth nationals. On the early, of course, it's flat country down there where they had it at, and we ain't got nothing flat. So he hadn't been hunting in no flat country, no mm -hmm. standing water, nothing. He'd been hunting on Eagle Creek a lot, but it's not standing water. And we got out there. On, he won the early round. There wasn't no water. Got out there on a late round. Every bark that Mike made was a locate. And, but he, there wasn't no track. 
there wasn't no tracking every time he smelled he's smelling up a tree and he's, he's about halfway locating every time so right then i knew hey he needs to be hunting on standing water mm-hmm. then back to when it comes nighttime hunting somewhere where we ain't got standing water around here so i'll hunt him on eagle creek as much as i can on water just to get him better on water but i'll go wherever i gotta go to get in standing water to hunt him there to make yep. him better in standing water i have to hunt on standing water more too i feel right in yeah Old boot full <laughs> yeah yeah i'll tell you one thing i've seen hunting dogs and cutovers if you got one that's kind of a mediocre track drive or mm-hmm. track dog but they've got the other tools where they really want to catch catch game you've seen that in them you start hunting them in cutovers and they've got to work for it mm-hmm. man you can you take them back to the open woods and stuff they, they, they look they like move. they've got turbos on <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a fact that's like leaving here and you know uh pkc they're doing um kind of like the zones this uh-huh. year and yeah lancaster kentucky they're having one of them of them this year it's rough hunting down there but to go to salem we take dogs from here and go to salem man it seems like they just operate that much better out there mm-hmm. it's flat tons of coons great hunting dogs can move good there's edges for them to run stuff like that and, and at the same time when you come from these hills and hollers, a dog can get in the woods and work a track and tree it. Mm-hmm. You take a lot of dogs from flat country and patch woods. They don't really, they're, they know them edges better and that they, they can tree, they can tree coons easier, better on them. Mm-hmm. And I just feel, and I love that by all means, I love that. But at the same time, I like knowing too, that if he gets in the middle of that woods, he's not going to get bogged down. He's going to be able to work that track out of there and tree it. Yeah. And, but and you take some dogs like you're saying about maybe a mediocre track dog. You get him in cutover, and he can't work that track out of there, and he struggles with it. A lot of times, if they got enough heart and drive, instead of work, trying to work that track, they'll try to find that path of least resistance. Yes. And ambush them one. Yeah. And I really that I really love that. But I like a silent mouth dog too. I like a low end strike dog that hustles a lot. That's a hard a hard hunting with a lot of drive mm-hmm. and a lot of times you're getting cut over water whatever it might be if they got enough heart and drive they're going to get it figured out pretty quick yeah and then next thing you know they'll find an edge they'll find they'll find where the water ain't as deep they'll find a trail they'll find something but well, they'll get under a coon a, a dog's going to figure out that what's easiest for them yep. every time yep. they're, that's just the way they're wired and they're going to try to figure it out and yeah, I don't want one to stay in a cutover for three hours because right. they're not smart enough to figure yeah, exactly. it out. You know, so what you're doing, what I've always found is when you got to, you've seen that potential in that track dog. You know it's there, but they're not consistent at it. And they got that drive to get. Mm-hmm. Man, once you start hunting them in those cutovers, they they start figuring out how to drift and move yep. and get that head off the ground if they really want to get a coon in yeah. their mouth. About like beans. Yeah, yeah, the bean fields, that's a fact. That's yeah. My thing, I'll, a lot of times I'll cut a dog and give it a few minutes to get going. I'll get my stuff together at the truck, and I'll head that way. And that's why if, if that dog ever lets me catch up to it, it's not it, it's slacking. Yeah. Because there's no reason a dog should ever let me catch up to it. Right. Once I cut it loose, and it's got a heck of, if I cut it loose and head that way right then, I shouldn't ever catch up to that dog unless that dog gets treed. So, it, and two, by doing that, 
you're pressuring that dog the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're on you're on his heels the whole time. The minute he bogs down on a track and and a cut over, you might not like it, what the way you're going, whatever. But at the same time, you're pushing that dog, and then, and you're on top of him. The you're on top of him, pushing him to move. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Some people and hey, some people's good with a cop with a shotgun collar, on training them, making them move that way and stuff. But if I can pressure that dog by me by my presence. And him know when I'm right there close to him. Mm-hmm. I just assume do it that sure. way and keeps it. Well, Jane, where where do you fit in? Where do, at what point do you look at it and you think I need to step in here and give this dog some love, and I don't care what Bub says? Is it just something you do all the time, or pretty much? Yes. He gets mad, and then he's like, "Well, that worked." <laughs> <laughs> but you're, and I, I don't want to make this sound like. You know, you don't know anything about training dogs. You've trained a bunch of dogs, and you hunt a bunch of dogs. And women see things different in these hounds than than what I do. I've learned so much; it just boggles my mind. So, my wife has a boxer and a pit bull in the house, and she's goofy. She's like, she'll spell stuff. She, if she says walk. Mm-hmm. If she says we're going for a walk, they get all crazy. Mm-hmm. So she'll say W A L K, and it's a joke because they know they figure out what that means too. Yes. You know, <laughs> so it's part of the running joke. It's like I'm going to take him for a W A L K, and you see everything getting all crazy, you know. And and um, she goes out in the hay field and takes him out behind the house and stuff. But those dogs learn so much from her, just residual, and. And that's been valuable to me mm-hmm. to see, just to take a step back, brush off the ego. I get impatient. I get mad. I get, and I just watch how she handles the dogs. She doesn't put up any garbage. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. They got to have a good medium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that what you, what do you, trying to figure out how to want to ask get the point out i mean i don't want to make this sound like bub's doing all the training and then you go win a world hunt that's pretty much how it is huh that's pretty much how it is (laughs) (laughs) but i'm out there with him every night and i see him correcting them getting after them and then i think well i just wonder maybe it just needs me to pet on it a little bit and needs some more attention during the day and Mm mm-hmm then we get out there at night and see how it works out. And if it works, then we'll say, hey, that's that's what he needs. Just like Pal. Nobody else could turn Pal loose and him go hunting. He'd turn around and jump in the truck with him. And that's why a lot of people, yes, weren't successful. So, I mean, he would go under the truck if anybody else other. And for the longest time, he wouldn't even go for me in Austin. But then he got to where he would go for any of the three of us. But. You tried to turn him loose, he was going under the truck or back in the dog box. Really? And that's why a lot of people, well, nobody else was really successful with him. You had to put, he had to feel the love. <laughs> but you guys, I mean, you guys will be out hunting that much. You got to have those discussions where it's like, man, you know, Mike Mike did this, I need, he needs this. Mm-hmm. And you're involved in that part of it too. You guys talking about it and saying, hey, I think I think he needs to be set up. You know, yep. I think you need to do this. Oh yeah, we've we. I mean, we go through it all. We try it all till we figure out what works. Yeah. 
Trying to go in and add everything gradually, though, mm-hmm. is the biggest yes. thing. Mm-hmm. That way, if you see something's not working, it's a lot e- easier to back up. And you you back up, you start over, and dog's not all messed up, stuff like that. And where if you just go in wide open, next thing you know, you got the dog all mm-hmm. all boogered up and he don't he's confused everything else i'm ag- i'm that much more aggravated then and then it's just a mess we've done that too <laughs> what works tonight may not work tomorrow or what works on this dog won't work on the next dog. there you go I like, yeah both of those things are exactly right and we talk a lot about the, i don't know if y'all listen to the podcast or not but you know it's we do a lot of stuff on training especially on wednesdays and what you said bub about backing up you know a lot of mm-hmm. times um I'm sure you've seen this. When people hit a problem, they try to change what they're doing instead of taking a step back and mm-hmm. and making sure they understand what you want. You yeah. know, it's just foundation type stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, if you see a dog, you're putting them in a new situation, and they're not operating. You don't need to. You don't need to change directions. You actually need to put it in reverse and go back a step, and and make yeah. sure that mm-hmm. happens. Is that what you've seen, too? Oh, yeah. Another thing, too, is them dogs will try you. They're so smart. Every time. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we say all the time. They will absolutely try to cheat you mm-hmm. and self-reward. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like tonight, you may whip the dog and him look really good, but you may only have to whip him once every two or three months. Yeah. The next dog you get, he may need it every night. Yeah. Or the next dog you get, he may just need petted up on the tree. I mean, yeah. everyone's different. Yeah. A lot of times me or him will whoop one, and then she goes and does it. and goes and cuts the dog loose, and he'll do the same thing that we just whooped him for. But he won't do it with me or him. Just do yeah. it for her. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about keeping dogs right, because as hard as you're hunting, you know, you're pushing them pushing and pushing pushing uh pushing yourself but how many dogs you keep and how many nights in a row will you hunt a dog it really just depends on the dog i got at the time if i've got a dog that don't require a whole lot of hunting i can i'll keep a i'll keep an extra dog right then mm-hmm. but if i've got one that's requiring a lot of hunting then i'll know i need to cut back on these other dogs and then and focus on just this dog for now or but if i've got one say mike Mike's a um, he'll be a spring three year old, at, but at the same time, even though he's a young dog, he don't require a lot of hunting. You ain't mm-hmm. gotta, you ain't gotta keep him hunted down to keep him looking right. So I treat him like an old dog a lot of times when I find the time I hunt him. Yeah. But when I'm not hunting everything else, or if I just plan on going out having a good hunt, I don't, I don't feel like dealing with a headache tonight. I'll just take Mike. Right. I'll take him go tree however many coons I want to. Or maybe not tree that many coons, but I'll have a good hunt. No nonsense, typically. I mean, still, might of course, something's going to come up through the night, make you scratch your head a little bit. But compared to dealing with young dogs constantly, it, it's it's pretty simple. Then, yeah. Just to go out, just just go pleasure hunting that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Um, but there really ain't no set number. I, I've got pups that run, that run loose. I've got pups that I that's been running loose that I put up for a few that I'm kind of waiting, letting them mature a little more mm-hmm. for the time. And just now I've got dog, uh, might have a dog that needs hunted every night, or maybe I've got a couple dogs. It's 
that don't need hunted every night that that I can kind of just piddle with more so, and that's really what they're needing at the time. And then, so real, and a lot of it comes back to like Austin and Jane. Well, if it's getting dark at ten o'clock at night, they're not able to hunt near as much, and it, especially if school's in. Mm-hmm. School's in. He's got to be up for school. She's got to be up for work. So I'll watch it th- during them times and cut back on. And then I'll try not to have as much of a headache of a dog at that time too. And like with her, if it's getting dark at seven o'clock, well, she can get out and hunt to midnight. Mm-hmm. And that's and then he can if it's getting dark at seven o'clock and. I can send him with a dog. Hey, take or you and your mom. A lot of times, say, hey, you and your mom take this dog. I might just need the dog. Just keep him in shape. Yeah. Or keep him away from me. Maybe I've got him a little boogered up with me. You two take him and hunt him. That way, there, me and him ain't even got to deal with each other. That's interesting. So when you see one, what makes you want to take a break from a dog? When you, what, or is there something that you see? How do you determine that? When either you got to give them a break, or you got to put them on Jane's program for a while. Just if you're working on something, going through an issue with a dog, whatever it might be, maybe he's missing. He he's missing his coons. Um, maybe he's he's got he ain't had big ears, but for some odd reason he's got to where he's wanting to cover dogs. And you've just set him up, set him up, and you're constant. Whatever it is that you're constantly working on. And and you you see the problem might be getting a little bit better, but you see something else is getting worse. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he's missing coons, and then when now now he's back to having them. But where you've worked on him, now as you're getting close to the tree, you've got him leaving the coon mm. because he's he, you're in his head. He's worried he's worried about the consequences. He's not sure if you're getting after him for treeing or or what it is. Right. So at that time, I. I'll either lay the put the dog up for a week or two, or if I can, if they're if they're able to hunt a bunch, if they're able to hunt or a bunch or not a bunch at the time, I won't take the dog. I'll just have one of them or both of them take it. That way there, and I just assume not even look at the dog in the kennel when it gets to that point. That's <laughs> I've been there, man. <laughs> yeah, and we've got three sets of kennels for that, and I've got pups down there. That's where the pups are. Uh huh. And then I've got a I've got another set. The, everything up here close to the house. That's what I'm focused on at the uh-huh. time, and then and when I get in a dog's in a dog's head like that or get them messed up somewhat, I'll put them down there and then they'll feed them, water them, they deal with them, and then that way there the dog kind of just forget about me, and I can forget about the dog as <laughs> <laughs> much so. And but yeah, but and, and you look around in a couple of weeks, hey he's back to staying treed if that was his issue, whatever it might be. He's back to stay in tree. They've done giving, petting on him, knocking some coons out to him, just whatever it is. Right. They've got him lined back out now. Made it I fun. Can, made, do you guys think it's it's like making it fun for him again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yes. think that's what you think mm-hmm. it is? Mm-hmm. Definitely. We we always say that about making it fun for him. And, and just like with Austin, making it fun for him. Instead of sending him out yeah. there with the same head with a headache young dog that I've got messed up or that's – that's only getting treated once every couple nights or something other like that, or maybe he's getting treated way too much, whatever it might be. But it's like, if he wants to hunt something like that for a couple of nights, take it. That's fine. But at the same time, I'm not going to pressure him to hunt something like that and get him burned out. Heck with, I ain't wanting to go hunting. <laughs> that's, there you uh, go. So, and that's why I try to keep a good dog around too, mm-hmm. much as much so as for, for them 
and for myself to keep me from going insane dealing with headaches constantly. <laughs> because what she'll tell you, both of them will tell you, I go out and have, you know, about not bringing work home with you and stuff. That's what we live. We live these dogs. And you get out there and you have a bad hunt. Hey, with if I have a good hunt all day, when I go to bed, I go to bed thinking about them. And yeah. when I wake up, that's what I'm thinking about. And that's all I'll talk all day, whether I'm talking dogs to them or dad or my buddy Eric Bowen or John, right. any, anybody, it's dogs. That's Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't you sell Combo? Yeah, I sold him. I sold him to uh, Bob Noble in Oklahoma. But you, and then you bought him back, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I bought him back yeah, I thought so. five, six weeks later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I sold Combo tw- Who, or once. Is that because of you? Oh, don't let him lie. It was him, too. He didn't pretty much speak for those five, <laughs> six weeks. Did you miss Combo? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was still working at the time though when mm-hmm. I sold him, and I, I still hunt. I didn't hunt the daylight then, but I still hunt it way too hard. And um, but I got a chance to buy him back and bought him back, and and of course I was going through it with young dogs, trying mm-hmm. to find the right young dog that I liked, and and I couldn't find it. I had a female here at the time. She was treating coons. I had her money one on her for the super stakes all that good stuff and and to come up to be able to get combo back man was i th- i th- I just thought i was liking her <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah we drove to oklahoma got him and come straight home it was 12 hours out there mm-hmm. 12 hours out there come straight back home and on the way home i told them i said um i told her i mm-hmm. said get on pro and see if there's a hunt around tonight and she said seriously and i said yeah they had a 250 at it and I went over there and got in the final four with him. No kidding. Yeah. The night that you haul him twelve hours mm-hmm. back from uh-huh. Oklahoma, where was the hunt at? Over across plains. Across plains. Yeah. 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 Two fifty at it. Yeah. Yeah. Tickled me to death there to get just to bring him straight home and get in with him. Yeah. That was, and really, picked up where we left off. Oh yeah. Well, we ended up finishing second in the state race that year in the PKC state race. Yeah. And he was gone for five weeks and. Yeah. That year, all just. Between all the hunts combined and stuff, not just PKC, but we ended up winning 19,000 with him that year. Mm. 19,000, nine, nine new lights. I think so, yeah. Nine new lights, a new dog box. We won all kinds of this stuff with him that year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was on a roll for sure. Yeah. He was on a roll. Yeah. So here's a question. What keeps you, what keeps you going, Bob? What makes you do this night after night after night? I mean, I, I hunt I hunt for a few weeks, and then it's like I get distracted. And it seems like, man, if you take that one night off and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to take it off and sit here, then it turns into two nights. And it can turn into three nights. And before you know it, it's like, crap, I need to get my lazy butt out there. And yeah. yeah, I really don't know. I, I've never not hunted like this. I've always hunted every It's night. all he knows. He, I mean, he... Will drive himself crazy if he sits on the couch. Yeah. Drive us crazy. He won't even sit on the couch now to talk to us. Yeah. He has to bring this uncomfortable chair over here because he's afraid that if he sits over here, it might be over. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> well, we of course, we got TV and everything, and we don't watch. We don't watch an hour of TV every six months, probably. We don't watch none. That's, For yeah. something we like, we set it to record, and then we'll watch it eventually. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah we didn't even have tv for like three years well you go i mean we'll never winter it don't matter we just, we just don't watch it that's 
Have you got an Xbox? No. PlayStation? No. Computer? No. We got, we, got a, we got a computer. Well, I've never used it. I don't even know how to use that thing. <laughs> have you got have you got a cell phone, Austin? Yeah, I do. That's you got a it. Facebook account? Yep. You do have your own Facebook I got account? Facebook. I have all the social medias. Man, I'm going to have to send you. Don't reject my friend request when I send it over. I'm going to keep track of you. All right. Yeah, I've had. I need had, some inspiration to start get out there and start hunting more. Definitely don't want to get it from him. He can't even win a world hunt. Oh, my goodness. Here we, we go again with that, about, huh? Let's talk about these. Look at this second place here, though. Right here at the second place AKC world hunt from you. I don't know. Sec- first or last. What's, what's, what's second place? Last. Yeah, first place loser, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. With combo. <laughs> combo yep. right there. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's talk about these deer on the wall before I get out of here. Here's a bunch. How many bucks are on the wall here? One, two, three, four, five, six. I got two in my room and then one in the taxidermy. And all of them, but the big in there is mine. That big one, who's that? Mom's. That's James. He's first place loser in the deer. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That buck right there. Have you ever had him score? No. Um, we have 18. It was 18 scoreable points, they said. Mm-hmm. And they green scored. The taxidermist said the green scored him. And a 192. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 190. Yes. Yeah. 190 something. Yeah. I, I knew that was going to be a 190. Yeah. That thing is a beast. You've never shot anything like that, Austin? Not yet. Oh, huh. I'll be darned. <laughs> <laughs> He's killing, he kills a good buck every year, yeah. though. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, you turkey, do you turkey hunt, too, don't you? Yeah, I got a turkey in a taxidermy shop right now, too. Yeah. This was his first year turkey hunting him and Levi Stevens, and they're big buddies, and Levi took him this year. and mm-hmm. They killed one the first morning, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went turkey hunting. <laughs> he went turkey hunting and was back home. And I didn't even know he went turkey hunting by the time I got up. <laughs> he was already back home, back in bed. <laughs> you shoot it from the road going out here or what? <laughs> no, remember, like he, he used to be a game warden. What did you say? <laughs> you can't just say anything. <laughs> it's broad daylight. <laughs> What's roosting again? <laughs> See, that's what, that's what you call a leading question. Yeah. 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 I'll spend an hour buttering you up here. Yeah. Now I was trying to get the big confession. <laughs> where these deer come from my i was at the world hunt my brother he went to the police academy he's a he's a sheriff's deputy here in town but anyways the first day back from the world hunt we went squirrel hunting we got a squirrel dog down here we went squirrel hunting that day and sure enough got the, the guy comes down there complaining it's deer season everything and stuff so he comes down there complaining well my brother's first day on the job first call he got was on me and Austin. <laughs> He's like, I don't know why I didn't cross my mind that it was you all. Yeah, the guy gave a description. He said a fat a fat guy with a big beard and a red-headed kid. And my brother didn't think nothing about it being us. He said he ran the tags. and. Yeah, he said, oh, where are you at? I told him. He said, I said, well, he asked, he said, uh, hey, was you hunting down here? And I said, well, if I hang on one second. I said, are you asking me as my brother? Or are you asking me as a cop? <laughs> he said, well, I don't really know. I said, well, that depends on my answer. <laughs> but Oh, was... man. Well, I'll tell you what. I really appreciate you all taking time to sit down and talk to me. And yeah, we appreciate you coming. I've, I've wanted to 
I've wanted to tell this story for a while. I've asked some people, and they're like, oh, you never get Bub to do it. You never get him to do it. Yeah. I said, I bet, I don't know. So I, I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of buttering you up for a while. <laughs> That's great. Liking the right posts on Facebook yeah, and stuff, yeah. you know, and making the right comments. That's great. Trying to get your guard down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. And uh, no, we appreciate the. Anything anything you want to add, Austin, before we sign off? If we ever get in any trouble with the game wardens, I hope you get us out. Well, I can't do it, man. <laughs> it's got to be in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it there either. I'm done. I don't miss it at all. I bet they're not. all They all chase me now. You were just telling that story earlier about your daughter coming up the hill like 300 yards towards you about the light coming towards you. I was thinking then, I thought, well, at least you didn't worry about it being the game warden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I got game. We need to do a podcast sometime and tell some game warden stories. Yeah. Yeah. Bub's got a couple. Yeah. 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 We ain't going to tell those. We're going to let him tell his. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll share some of those game warden stories another time. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, like I said, I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to shut her down and and, uh, Mm. uh, look for bub on facebook and and uh keep track of him man I, we didn't even scratch the surface on the number of dogs you've had and some of the stuff you've done i mean you got pkc reserve world championship plaque up here and i mean you've just been in it for a long time bub and uh uh i just wanted to pick your brain and have the conversation and and what a great family you got i sure and, appreciate uh, it yep yep well hey i'm gonna shut her down and just leave you with this you follow your hounds and I'll follow mine. <laughs>